And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ding, ding! How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for your weekend update. Before we start, don't forget, you can get this podcast without ads by subscribing at theathletic.com slash NBA Show. Keith, huge weekend with massive playoff ramifications in the NBA and we're going to start with the best team in the league the Phoenix Suns just I'm just going to say it right now cruising to a 10-point win over the 76ers 114-104 Chris Paul is back Keith the Suns look just as good with him as they did without him uh they're probably going to wind up in the finals and um I think that the more interesting story here really is the Sixers because James Harden once again just didn't show up in a game that the Sixers needed. They're only a half game out of first. If they win this game, Keith, they're in a three-way tie with Miami and Boston right now for the one seed. I know you want me to disparage James Harden's performance. His two for eleven field goal attempts against a very very good team, where this team, you know, they sent out all the stuff to bring him in, and it's like the ideal partner for Joel Embiid, we think, and the process worked, blah blah blah, and once again. In the regular season now, we have a couple examples, a few examples of James Harden not showing up. Uh, I think you got to be worried if you're a Sixers fan. I think this is a pattern. It's not just James Harden. You know, Tyrese Maxey, who's had an incredible year and might be a most improved player candidate. Like, it's a big game for him, and he struggled once again. Maybe he's not ready to be that third guy. But also just basically, they need a fifth starter. In this one, they gave up on Tybal. They only played him a few minutes because they decided they needed offense. They played your guy, Danny Green, and it wasn't that much better. But, I mean, whatever you have to say about the Sixers, I guess we just have to not say the Suns are cruising. We have to give them credit somehow and be like, how do they keep doing this? Chris Paul missed all this time, and now he, he shows back up, and he hasn't missed a beat. We actually said this the other day on Nerder, that the Suns aren't cruising. They're cruising to wins, but they're actually trying hard. And, and you mentioned Chris Paul coming back, didn't miss a beat. Game high plus 25 in the game, man. 19 points, 14 assists, four rebounds, point God stuff all over the place. And, and you know, he missed a couple months. And then you got Devin Booker, who's making a late narrative push to, to crack that, like, top five MVP boat. Uh, he had a huge game when he scored 47 points a few days ago. And then he had 35 points in this one on Sunday. And then if you want to give credit to a defender on the Suns for hampering James Harden, causing James Harden to have three miserable games against the Suns this season. Uh, Mikhail Bridges was awesome in this one, just guarding, uh, harassing. And this team, the Suns team, you said they're the best in the league. I, you know, it seems obvious. Maybe the Celtics are playing as well as them right now because the Celtics are, have been on a heater. But, like, if you're the Sixers, yeah, you're still in the fight for that one seed, but you're not filled with confidence with how you see this team play and especially how you see James Harden play against the best teams. Like, Joel Embiid had a massive game. We know Joel Embiid is built for it. That was not a question. We know he's going to be in the postseason 
as far as how far the Sixers team goes, it's going to be what do the other guys give you and what does James Harden give you and also what does Doc Rivers give you. Yeah, and you mentioned Embiid having a huge game, 37 points, 15 rebounds, 8 of 12 from the free throw line because, you know, we're charting his free throws. Uh, but he did roll his ankle in this game and was kind of you know limping a little bit after that. Keith, this is something to monitor going forward because we're we're almost to the playoffs. Every team has about seven or eight games left. I wonder if down the stretch, if if we don't see them give him a night off just to make sure that he's ready to go. And, and it, again, terrible timing to blow this game because it was one that they really needed. Maybe you can just give uh, DeAndre Jordan thirty-eight or forty minutes one night. Let, roll with the backup center, Dave. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This team needs depth. Get this man a backup center, Daryl Morey. Another huge game in the NBA on Sunday that had... Also, massive ramifications. The Utah Jazz lose another game to the Dallas Mavericks, 114-100. to Keith, the Mavs have just figured out the Jazz. The Jazz won a game a couple weeks back. Rudy Gobert was switching on to guys, looked amazing. And since then, they've been awful, and the Mavs have just hammered them a couple times now. Yeah, the Jazz, it feels like they're losing grip of the rope, sort of. They've lost four straight. In this one, you wonder if it is just a team that the Mavs have figured out. Like my own Memphis Grizzlies, I get worried that do the Mavs have us figured out too. Like the Mavs are tough. There's there's no doubt. They've now pulled into fourth place in the West with this win. Huge game from Reggie Bullock. But like this team, the Mavericks, they play such good defense. They know who they are. They know their identity. As long as they're not bricking all their shots, which they do sometimes, uh, they're extremely tough. And they just, you know, they made 17 threes on Sunday and, and that spelled defeat for Utah. Yeah, Luka Doncic had 32, 10 rebounds, only five assists, Keith. This is actually like a funny thing is that they're less reliant on him to create all of their offense. And what do you know? They're playing better basketball. It's been fantastic. You said Reggie Bullock had a great game, 7 of 11 from 3. Him rounding into form has really changed things for the Mavs. It also has to be said, you know, full caveat for the Jazz, Rudy Gobert was a late scratch for this one. So this is not the full strength Jazz team. They've been awful basically this whole year whenever Gobert doesn't play. And then, unfortunately, Donovan Mitchell got banged up in this one, left the game, came back, but when he returned, he didn't seem to be himself. Yeah, he definitely was not himself. He, he finished the game with 12 points, 4 of 13 from the field. Um, just wasn't able to be as aggressive as we're used to seeing. And the Jazz have now lost four straight. The Mavs are the fourth, uh, are the fourth seed. They own the season series. I think it's safe to say they're going to finish ahead of the Jazz at this point. Yeah, I think, can we write it down and pin? I think the top four seeds are set. You had the Warriors lose again on Sunday. They lost to the Wizards. I think it's Suns, Grizzlies, Warriors, Mavericks. That's That that feels almost set. I know it's not totally set, but I think we finally have figured out who the top four seeds are going to be for the Western Conference playoffs. Yeah, uh, Jalen Brunson had 22 in this game, and, and Spencer Denway with 12 off the bench. Closing games with Spencer Dinwiddie is huge for the Mavs, and essentially, he's given them a second Luka Doncic out there at times, man. It's just a guy who can put the ball on the floor. When he gets a switch on a big, he's attacking the basket, and then he's hitting his threes. It's a different guy than we saw the first half of the season. It's unbelievable when you look at the shooting splits between his time on the Wizards and his time on the Mavericks. His field goal percentage on 
Washington, 37.6%. On the Mavericks, he's shooting 49.7%. His three-point percentage is up from 31% to 39% on the Mavericks. So I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just small sample size, but the 17 games he's been on the Mavericks, he's been excellent, and he's been a huge catalyst for this team playing well. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Another Big game on Sunday, Keith. The Pelicans somehow came back from a 23-point deficit to beat the hapless. And yes, hapless is the only word to describe this team. The hapless Los Angeles Lakers, 116-108. to And I, I mean, I guess I could say LeBron scored 39 points because, you know, he needs that scoring title, Keith. But the story of this game, Brandon Ingram, 26 points. Six of seven from the line, seven rebounds, five assists, hit big shots late, Keith. This is a guy who was looking to close this game out. Yeah, this was a this Lakers loss was a crushing defeat for the Memphis Grizzlies, who were hoping to get the Lakers draft pick this year. If it ends up in the top ten, the Pelicans get to keep it. So the Pelicans had all kinds of motivation, not only just their play-in seating, which they now passed the Lakers, so they've tied the Lakers, but they clinched the season series. The massive comeback, the 23-point rally, and yeah, you said you said it. Brandon Ingram, yeah, Austin Reeves can't check him. Sorry. Malik Monk can't check him. Sorry. Uh, this Pelicans team has so many like different moving pieces that have been playing really well recently. Uh, CJ McCollum played great. Herbert Jones got six steals in this one, and the Lakers are in a total free fall. Now people are starting to realize... Wait, are the Spurs going to catch him? Like, are the, are the Lakers even going to go into the play? And the Spurs, like, a game back or a half game back, it was a uh, a rough loss on Sunday for Los Angeles. Yeah, big bench performance for, for the Pelicans. Trey Murphy, 21 points off the bench, 4 of 7 from 3. Really gave him a huge boost, Keith. And, look, the Pelicans, we, we again, we talked about them on Nerd the other day because they've been playing such great basketball. Willie Green really just coaching his tail off. And this was a game that they needed to win, and they showed up and won it. And they won it on the defensive end, Keith. They really did bother the Lakers, and and Brandon Ingram got it done. But I thought that their defense against the Lakers was good. Or, Keith, the Lakers' offense is just awful. Fourth quarter offense for the Lakers, they were 1 for 11 on three-pointers. They scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, just an abysmal uh, second half, fourth quarter, overall performance, just this, again, the whole second half, the Lakers scored 39 points uh, and gave up 67. So, I mean, just this Lakers team, it's been a nightmarish season, and I don't know what more there is to say about it. I feel like Lakers fans, they're not even watching. They just want the season to be over. I don't know how LeBron feels. He's taking the lead in the scoring title. Is that, are we good? At what cost, Keith? At what cost? <laughs> Charlotte and Brooklyn had a game today, and uh, somehow the Hornets beat the Nets 119-110 in Brooklyn in Kyrie's first home game of the season. Uh, Keith, this game, like every other game right now, also had playoff ramifications. The Hornets, because they own the season series against the Nets, currently 
in the eighth spot in the play-in, and Brooklyn is now in the ninth spot. We, we just have chaos all day, Keith. It, it, we really do. And, you know, Kyrie played his first home game. He also played his first back-to-back. So the, the Nets got a huge win on Saturday against the Heat, but now playing on the second night of a back-to-back. Surprise, it's kind of hard. Kyrie had a really rough game. I believe uh, he was 6 for 22 from the field. He played over 40 minutes on the second night of a back-to-back. Kevin Durant played the entire second half of this one as Steve Nash obviously depending heavily on his guys because it was a huge game. Because now you have the Nets sliding down into the 9-10 game. Like, this is a team that expected to win a title. They were title favorites coming into the year, and now it's like we're, we're, we're in the bottom rung of the play-in. It's... Again, dark days kind of for the Nets. It's not not a lot of easy answers and an incredibly tough Eastern Conference. Like them just getting into the regular playoffs now becomes a, a pretty hefty challenge. Yeah, and uh, as we wrap here, let's kind of break down where we stand as of Sunday night, uh, the 27th of March. You know, if you're listening to this Monday morning, this is what the standings are. Boston and Miami are in a statistical tie, but Boston owns the season series, so they are currently the one seed. And, and Miami is two. Miami's lost four straight. Boston's won six straight. So these are two teams going in opposite directions. Sitting just a half game behind both of those teams are both Milwaukee and Philadelphia. So one through four separated by half a game. Keith, I've never seen this before in my life. With a week, two weeks left? It's it's hard to remember having the top four seeds be that tightly packed together. It should be a lot of good basketball. I think the only one of those teams that feels really awesome right now is the Celtics. Obviously, the Heat are struggling. The Bucks got waxed by the Grizzlies without John Morant uh, on Saturday night. The Sixers, like we broke down, lose to the Suns. And then they think, like, which one of those teams are they going to try to angle to not end up playing someone? Like, are, are, are they looking to avoid possibly the Nets? I don't know how you do it with the teams so close together. And especially now, like, if Embiid has to miss some games or anybody else, I guess, you know, these teams have to – smarter smarter people than us decide – just rest, get healthy. We've done what we can do. Now it's playoff time, and we worry about whatever matchup we end up with. The five through seven seeds in the East separated by two games. The Bulls got a big win over the Cavs over the weekend, so they hold a two-game lead over the Cavs. They're in the fifth spot, uh, three and a half games back of the one seed, one game behind them in the sixth spot, the Toronto Raptors, who seem to have played themselves out of the play-in. I I don't think that they're going to fall back. They got a little bit more momentum, a little bit more juice than both Chicago and Cleveland for me. Cleveland now the seventh seed, but again, only two games back from Chicago of the fifth seed, so still have a puncher's chance at getting up in that uh, five or six spot for the playoffs. Charlotte, Brooklyn, and Atlanta in the eight, nine, and ten spots, separated by a game and a half with Brooklyn and Charlotte both tied in the win and loss column. In the West... You mentioned that top four feels kind of set, although the Mavericks really are not quite there yet. They need another couple of games, I think. But um, Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, one, two, three, feels about right. Dallas, Utah, Denver, separated by two games from four to six. And then you have Minnesota uh, just comfortably in the seventh spot, where they're probably going to be. Clippers most likely have the A spot. I can't imagine they're going to give up a four game lead. They do need to win Pelicans. again. I mean, they haven't they seemed do. like they haven't seemed like they, they're they're going to win again for a while. Uh, Clippers should probably bank a couple more victories before the season gets over. They're done. tanking for a better draft pick, maybe. Yeah. I, I'm no, not sure. And, chest and the checkers. Pelicans, yeah, and the Pelicans uh, in the ninth spot with now a half game lead and the season series 
over the Lakers. And uh, Lakers only only with a one-game lead over the San Antonio Spurs for the play-in. And, Keith, I think you and I both believe that the Lakers don't want to be in the play-in. I don't really think they want to be in the play-in, but it seems it seems wild to me. Like, wouldn't LeBron want another postseason accolade? Some Is losing in the first round worse than making it? I, I guess losing so. Losing in the play-in, Keith, is definitely worse than missing altogether. I guess. I mean, I don't even know. Even if they don't want to make the playoffs, their schedule, the Lakers' schedule to close it out, I mean, at Dallas, at Utah, against the Pelicans again, against the Nuggets, at the Suns, at the Warriors, and then Thunder and Nuggets. Thunder wants you to beat them. Everyone else is probably going to take care of business. I'm not very optimistic about the Lakers' chances. Do you want to make a call here, Keith? To what? To If they miss the, the postseason totally? Are they going to miss it? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they're making a play. I think so, too. I yeah. think so, too. It's going to be funny. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Don't forget, keep it locked in to the Athletic NBA show all week long. we got big stuff happening all week, and it build up to the playoffs starts now. Only two weeks left. We're all getting fired up right here at the Athletic NBA show, so stay locked into us. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.